Blog Talk Radio. to the, the show that we just got completely there. But anyway, talk about some things. How about this, guys? And, and you know what? Sometimes, sometimes being right, just I, I get to, I get a little chance to gloat. So I'm going to gloat because they deserve this. And I, I told you a long time ago that the Dallas Cowboys were going after Sean Payton. And, and, guys, I'm also telling you right now, just because this thing is over, and just an update, uh, Sean Payton did sign a new extension in September to continue on for five more years over in New Orleans. How solid is that contract? I don't know. But if Jerry Jones picked up the phone and said, you know, we'll go ahead and we'll take it, he can have the contract – and we'll give you a first-round draft pick. I don't know. Do the Saints take it? I'm telling you right now. You got to look at it. And Jerry Jones, I'm telling you right now, Jerry Jones has this on his mind. Because, listen, the Jason Garrett experiment is done. It's over. Didn't happen for him. Hey, wonderful. So be it. He doesn't have to fire him so he don't have to be a bad guy. His contract just expired. And now, just because it wasn't renewed or anything, it doesn't mean so Jerry gets to be out of this completely in reality, being the good guy still. Pay Jason Garrett a lot of money. So why are we talking about the Dallas Cowboys in this? Because the the report came out by CBS uh, Sports that I've been telling you all along that they were going to do this. This was nothing that was a surprise to me. Sean Payton lives 12 miles from my house. He has a house over in Highland Park, 12 miles from me. Beautiful house. Comes here in the off season. So, guys, this is no great big surprise for Sonny Clark. But what is a surprise is, is that all of a sudden people are thinking, well, you know, will Jerry do it? Why not? This hurts Jerry Jones in no way. Getting around a first-round draft pick, you know, yeah, that's a that's a big stretch for players. But if you can score, if you can land Sean Payton, bring back eighty percent of your players. See if you can do a little bit in uh, in a free agency. Definitely get Dak Prescott signed. Which, by the way, I'm just gonna say it and I'll say it out loud. And 
You can sit and argue with me all day long. Dak Prescott should be signed by now. But here's the thing. Dak Prescott knows he's going to be a rich man. Dak, see, and this is the reason why Dak Prescott is the, is the bomb here in Dallas. You should be happy that you have him. But we've got so many people complaining about him, and, and he's in his third year. He's about ready, you know, if they are possible, to get him into the playoffs. If they beat Philadelphia on uh, next Sunday, they're in. Simple as that. And I don't know who I'm going to pick. I've still got some looking to do. But if he gets the job done, I don't know how you can complain. So you Dak haters, just shut up. I'm sick of it. you got Jason Garrett as your head coach. Give this guy a break and put the blame where it needs to be. On some BS head coach of Jason Garrett. And not only that. I will say this to this point. The Dallas Cowboys didn't put Dak Prescott in a place where he could be successful because you've got some situation at your offensive coordinator. I'm I'm, I'm trying to pull this guy. Yeah, Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore. I mean, my God, this is the Dallas freaking Cowboys. Can we please get a real coach and or offensive coordinator instead of giving these people that are, and I'll just say it, Jerry Jones ass kissers and setting this team up with no way of winning football games based upon their coaching staff. Oh, yeah, Kellen Moore, great idea, offensive coordinator. What the hell? You know, I, I don't get it. I probably never will, guys, and that's just, you know, something that I'm trying to take away because this is the Dallas Cowboys. This is a franchise that is out of pretty much control with Jerry Jones there. Now, guys, I have met Stephen Jones. Stephen Jones has not gone crazy. So they should just let Stephen Jones do this. But they're not going to because Jerry can't let it go. A marketing expert, a marketing genius to build this team. I'm telling you right now, if he put it up for sale, he could get $6 billion. He could get $6 billion for it. I, I don't, I, there's not even a question in my mind. So but Jerry has to be a part of the solution on why they win. But guess what? He's been part of the solution on why they haven't won for the last 20 years. You can't put it to the side. You just sometimes you just got to put it to the side and just accept the fact that you are not the solution to the problem. You could be the actual problem. But Jerry Jones doesn't believe that. And why should he? He owns the team. He's the owner, and guess what? He can hire and fire whoever he wants. But hiring Carolyn Moore was the biggest joke. I, I came on record. I said, this is the dumbest crap ever. Now, I don't know where this team is mentally. I mean, they just they just embarrassed the Rams yesterday. So I'm going to just say straight out that 
they realize, hey, we got a chance and we can still make the Super Bowl as bad as we are, and we've been playing like dog crap for for the you know last month and a half to two months, and we're still in this. No, I'm not. Listen, I'm not saying the Dallas Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl because they're not. I already told you who I think is going to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. That in my pick right now, I'm putting it out there is the Seattle Seahawks. So, but I'm going to tell you right now, if they have any kind of success in the in the playoffs, I'm going to tell you, I, I feel bad. I feel bad for Jerry Jones. Because what's going to end up happening, he's going to be questioning on whether or not he should fire Jason Garrett because he gets uh, to the playoffs. playoffs. Don't talk about yes. playoffs. Yes. You kidding me? Yes. Playoffs? They're hoping they can win a game just as much as Morrow wanted. Now, guys, this is not a hard situation. I don't care how far the Dallas Cowboys go, okay? Just take a step back. And remember a guy by the name of Jerry uh, Jimmy Johnson that was fired after he won the Super Bowl. Now, I don't know, but in reality, you think about you know should Jerry, should Jason Garrett be back as the head coach of the football? I don't team think so, Jim. I don't think so either. So the Dallas Cowboys got some work to do on. Listen. I, I, again, if they bring back 80% of the talent that they have right now and put 20% effort in trying to find some other free agents to come out there, got to replace Sean Lee. And I love him, guys. Got to replace him. And, and I like Van Der Esch, but he's got to stay healthy, too. So you got you got Sean, Sean Lee as your guy backing up, and he's, re, he's really good. But he's definitely now – He's not the guy he used to be. In reality, he's doing fine filling filling duty, but he can't be the answer. The guy should be a coach. Dak Prescott, no problem. Sign Amari Cooper, no problem. Got to sign him. Dallas Cowboys don't even have a choice in that matter. And, and that's the reason why Amari Cooper is not worried about it. Dak Prescott and his contract, that guy knows he's going to be rich. He don't care. He's got. He's gonna have money. He's gonna have money just thrown at him. And again, guys, he's gonna get thirty-two million a year. So it doesn't matter. He doesn't care whether or not he signs it. And the media is the one that's making it loss. You know, a problem more so than he is. Dak Prescott's not worried about his money. And that's a nice place to be when your guy has been in the NFL for three years. Because that guy, if he's not a Dallas Cowboy next year or after the end of his contract. He'll be he'll be a starting quarterback for another football team someplace down the road, and he'll be making the thirty-two million bucks. So lots of things to talk about there. You know, the Dallas Cowboys in the situation they got a game on Sunday. Six days from now, they're going to be putting it up and shutting up against the Philadelphia Eagles. And if they win that game, they're in. How far they go in the playoffs, your guess is as good as mine. You know, this is the worst good team I've ever seen in my life because they've got the talent on this football team, but they cannot put it together. It's pretty sad in reality when you think about what and where the Dallas Cowboys are. Just really sad. So what will the Dallas Cowboys do 
I'm telling you right now, Jerry Jones offers out a first-round draft pick. I think if you're the Saints, you got to think about it. Now, you know, that just all depends on how they really feel about him. Now, they signed a five-year extension, so they got some mad love for him. There should not be any question about how the Saints feel about him, but you get a first-round draft pick, and if you can maybe get another coach, I don't know who's out there or who we can even talk about, to go in there and fill Sean Payton's shoes. But I'm going to tell you right now, they'd have to think about it. I bet you they could probably get a first rounder and a third rounder, and they lose the. They don't have to eat the contract. The Dallas Cowboys would have to eat it. Then they can find the coach. Now, listen, it's hard to find a coach in the NFL. This is a football team that should have been in the Super Bowl last year. They might be in the Super Bowl this year. That's if they could get back to the, the Seattle Seahawks. I really honestly think the Seahawks are going to make be the representative on the. NFC side, I really do. NFC is a totally different story. You want to talk about some crazy stuff. The standings in there are just nuts, okay? Because Buffalo, guess what? They go ahead and they, they get a playoff spot, and they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. What about Pittsburgh? They're eight. And if, if Buffalo loses the last two, Pittsburgh can be – no, he can't. They got the head-to-head on them, so they're done. Don't matter. And then it's Tennessee. Well, Buffalo beat Tennessee. They're done. So that's that's the only thing that could end up happening. Now, the AFC is just a a, a different monster. So you got New England. No one's clinched that. They got two more weeks to go. And by the way, and, and there's an interesting situation here for New England, all right, so New England has Buffalo on Saturday. We're going to talk about that game when Cuervo comes in, and that could be all for the. That could be, and then going into the last week, New England has Miami at home, and Buffalo, uh, Buffalo will be at home against the Jets. So if Buffalo beats the New England Patriots. On Saturday, what would end up happening is is that the New England Patriots will win the division because of the um, division record. In fact, it wouldn't even. You go to division record, then you go to conference record, then it won't be. I, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I, I can't, I'm not sure how it works. After that, because it goes by division records. Both of them, you know, after this victory for Buffalo, if they beat them on Saturday, both of them will be in the division four and one. So, in fact, that's where it would be. It would be Buffalo that wins it because they would be eight and three within the conference, and New England would be. Seven and four, so Buffalo has a chance of winning this division based upon the conference. It starts with division, and they go from there, and then it goes to the conference. I'm telling you right now, Buffalo has an opportunity. Buffalo can win this division. It'd be it'd be crazy. It'd be great to see. But I will tell you straight out that I'm I'm really interested in that. But 
Let's do this. Oh, you didn't in. know? <laughs> Your ass better call somebody. What's up, Sonny Clark? How you doing, my friend? <laughs> How you doing, man? Uh, working, working, and working some more, my friend. I know. I, 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 I kind of know what that is. I took the day off the day, um, so it kind of worked out pretty good. I just wasn't at home, so uh, th- that's where we're at, but I will tell you, um, a grand opportunity here, you know, you know just really quick because I know you only got 45 minutes. Sean Payton, signed, I, and we didn't cover it because I didn't even see it in the news. Sean Payton in September signed a five-year extension with the Saints, but do you think the Saints would let him go if the Dallas Cowboys offered that first-round draft pick and maybe a third? I don't know if they'll get it for a first, but if they threw in a third, I mean, are, if you're the Saints, are you thinking about that, or is Sean Payton just too valuable? Because who, just like any other quarterback in the NFL, Cuervo, who are you going to get at the head coach position that's going to be better or even come close to Sean Payton? Well, I, you know, I'll put it to you like this, Sonny. There, there's, there's probably about five head coaches in this league that I would say are untouchable, untradeable, you know, you would never want to put the thought in your head to, to actually trade your coach away. And honestly, Peyton is one of them. Um, now, what I would also is that sometimes there's just offers that you can't use. And if that would bring the heat on an offer, um, I, you know, I think, I think the, the Saints would – have to be stupid to say no you know so as much as i say that these guys are untradeable or whatever look if if you're willing to give up two first rounders or something crazy like that for a head coach i mean how would the cowboys or how how would the saints say no to that i mean you would have it's to it's a good point you would have to consider it you would have to at least think about it and and look it's at that point you would have to have it in your mind that it's time to rebuild in this unless you get lucky enough and you you bring a, a a big fish in and you say hey um this is what you're this is what we're giving you to work with and you know yes Drew Brees is on his last leg but you have two extra first round picks for next year's draft or the you know one next year and the year after that you're um, reading my mind you're reading my mind because that's I mean, exactly where I was thinking, Cuervo. I mean, you know, as much as I love me some Drew Brees, how much longer can he go? And if you get a if you get an offer you can't refuse, I, I think you might have to go that way. And it might even be better for Sean Payton too, so he doesn't have to try to mold a quarterback for his football team for that extension that that five year extension that he signed. Yeah, and you know, and I get it. He's you know he's locked in, but how many times have we seen guys, you know, retire or um, they, you know, they they resign or they get fired or so these contracts don't mean anything. You know, we don't know the language on the contract. We don't know what what disclosures or what what type of uh, opt outs there are and stuff like that. I mean, so 
you know, as much as people get caught up in the whole five-year extension thing, you know, what, what are, what are, what is, where's the fine print? What does the fine print say? You know, it, 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 yep. you know is he selling the soul to the devil if he doesn't fulfill the five years? No, like that's not, that's not how it works. So, um, you know, things, say, um, contracts are meant to be broken. They can be broken. Um, it's not life and death. So if, you know, next year the, 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 the Saints decide that they're going to accept an offer of, you know, a first and a second or two first-rounders for a head coach, then, yep. you know, I mean, business is business, man. Like, you you, you, you take the deal and, and you, you, you figure it out from there. But what I do know is that the Saints would have two extra first-round picks. Exactly. That, and that's all what that's all I was going for because I you know, and I've been talking about this the whole, you know the whole year what the Dallas Cowboys would do basically basically because of the Jason Garrett you know are they is he good enough or will he be good enough? Interestingly enough, five coaches who were traded just to let you know: Bill Belichick, the Jets to New England in 2000. It wasn't necessarily a trade. What happened is Belichick uh, on after his first day. Uh, wrote that I resigned as head coach of the New York uh, Jets because he was actually set to play for, uh, be the coach of that team. Two weeks later, he signed with the Patriots and the Jets wanted some competition. So uh, Paul Tagulabu awarded the Jets um, um, the Patriots first round draft pick in 2000 and a fourth and seventh round pick in 2001. So that's where Bill Belichick came. Don't forget about 2002 when John Gruden and Al Davis traded Gruden to the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, uh, for that one. And Herm Edwards also in 2006, the Jets traded him to Kansas City. And one that I really is interesting enough, the uh, Green Bay Packers uh, sent Mike Holmgren to the Seattle Seahawks in 1999. And one that the one that really just sticks in my mind was 97 where the Patriots traded Bill Parcells to the Jets. So those are the five that I remember. Um, and I did a little research on it and made sure I was correct. I was wrong about one of them. So I had, I had six, so I was wrong about one of them. So, you know, eight stranger things have happened in the NFL there, Cuervo. So um, interestingly enough, now, that being said, we are here because their game was on Saturday. We don't know if we could get up on air. So the best thing, next best thing we could do is get up on air, right, Cuervo? It's time to do this, right? But you, are you ready to talk about Saturday's games, or do you have something to say about tonight's game that you want to get off your chest before we go that way? Uh, not really too much about tonight's game, Sonny. I mean, um, you know, I, I, like I mentioned yesterday, uh, everyone's on Drew Brees' watch. He's only two touchdowns away from tying my guy Peyton Manning's passing touchdown record. I kind of hope he doesn't break it, Sonny. I'm not going to lie. But, you know, in the past, he has broken records on Monday Night Football. So, is it going to surprise me if it happens tonight? No. But, no. uh but I will, but I will shed a tear because Peyton, Peyton, Peyton will be dethroned if it happens. Yeah, and uh, well, he, he he needs three to break it, two to tie, as you said. So there you go. So yes, sir. All right, then. What we're going to do then, three games on Saturday. We're going to hop on them, and we're going to talk about them here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Yeah, we know it's early, but we don't know if we can get on air, so let's do it. 
All right, so the first game that is up on Saturday, the Houston Texans and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. That game's at 1 uh, p.m. Eastern, which is noon my time. The reason why we can't do the show is I got to work up until noon because I forgot about this. Now, that having been said, Houston, that those punks, <laughs> they beat Tennessee on Sunday um, in Tennessee. It's somewhat impressive. I don't know. Um, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, different situation in reality. Uh, two teams going different directions. Houston trying to wrap up a playoff spot, which they have not done, by the way, uh, based up on the standings in, uh, in the AFC South. They are 9-5, and five, but they do have the tiebreaker over Tennessee, who is 8-6. and six. So Houston would have to lose one more game. Tennessee would have to win out in order for Tennessee to win the AFC South. So Houston, they get the victory. They put that to bed and now be all done. And then the Tennessee Titans would be fighting for one playoff spot with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Pittsburgh's eight and six right now, and Tennessee is eight and six. But this game here, as far as the uh, game is concerned, nine and five Houston, seven and seven Buccaneers. They've been somewhat impressive. Uh, they got the victory on Sunday as well um, against the Detroit Lions. So, you know, th- this one's interesting. I don't I don't think there's a lot to talk about, but I'm going to tell you what I've seen is I've also, not only that, wh- what we're getting from Jameis Winston Cuervo, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is for real. Um, you can say whatever you want. Um, so the question is, is can they stop one uh, Watson on the other side uh, for Houston there, Cuervo? Um, I mean, I, it's definitely going to be a challenge. Look, I've, I've been saying it for a while, and I know everybody doesn't agree with it, but give me Deshaun Watson over. Yeah, I said it over Patrick Mahomes. I just like his style more than I do Mahomes. And I, look, it's nothing against Mahomes. I'm not saying Mahomes, you know, stinks or he's overrated or anything like that. Mahomes is a phenomenal talent, but I just like, I just like the way that. Watson carries himself, um, you know, as far as making plays on the fly, you know, ad-libbing, uh, improv, you know, however you want to describe it. He can, he can make so many things happen um, that, uh, that I really like about Deshaun Watson. So um, is it going to be tough for Tampa? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Now the advantage is that Tampa's at home. Uh, so they got they got their home crowd behind them. Look, you know, nice win for them yesterday in Detroit, which isn't really saying much, but you know, those are games that still they win. Winning, so still a win, and, and that's, that's a game that they they were supposed to win, and they took care of business. And thank you, Jameis, for all those fantasy points too. By the way, now I'm in my championship round. So thanks, Jameis, I appreciate there you it. Go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I made it to the championship. So, uh, but you know, again. Um, you know, Tampa's defense is good. Um, they're they're playing overall. I mean, it's unfortunate that it's a little too little too late for Bucks fans, and they're not going to be in the playoffs this year. But, you know, just just like we did last year, you know, maybe maybe it's things to maybe it's foreshadowing, and this is what you might get next year. And and it's funny because I heard. Uh, ESPN talking about it this morning. What does Tampa Bay do with Jameis Winston? Uh, because I think that I think that's a huge decision that the Buccaneers have to make. 
is Bruce Arians yep. uh, uh, comfortable? Is he confident with Jameis Winston as his quarterback going into the future? Uh, and that that's a very important question to ask. Well, it's an important question to ask because you don't know who's going to be available. And and that's the big thing. It will really only matter of who's available because I even let's just say they went in and, you know, in the – you know, first round grabbed up a quarterback if that's where they are in the draft. You know, so be it. But it would still be Jameis starting. So it just depends upon the mentality of the Buccaneers at that point come next year. The real simple fact of the matter is unless they can get somebody out there that they know is a veteran, that can do the job, and that Bruce Arians can get a, uh, get a good control of, that'd be great. And I think it's also up to Bruce Arians, more so than anything, because whether or not he wants to still coach a turnover machine. Because, listen, all year long, this guy turns the ball over two and three times a game, and that's what kills them a lot and is one of the reasons why they don't win football games. So um, the defense is there. They need to figure out the quarterback position, and I think they could be a team that you know, you know, to go up against. Remember, the South it's going to be a little, it could be a little different. Depends on Drew Brees. Where is he going to be next year? And the and the NFC South, uh, Carolina, new look Carolina Panthers, no Cam Newton. I mean, so you know, you got the, you got those those two teams. Never mind the Atlanta Falcons. What will they be? So we can see we could be looking at a totally different. NFC South come next year, but you know this game, Houston. Right now, you know, you know, I hate being wrong about the Houston Texans, but I, I still don't think that they're contenders. But I think they they've got enough to get past the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, regardless, because they just lost another wide receiver on Sunday. Cuervo, uh, Godwin or Goodwin, one of the I can't remember. Uh, he went down, um, and he's not going to be back. So. They've lost two of their top three wide receivers out of Tampa Bay, so that really hurts them really bad as well. So I, I just see Houston going up and getting the victory against Tampa Bay. Well, I mean, it's going to be tough for both teams, you know, because, um, I mean, obviously with, the, with how well you know, Tampa's defense is playing, you know, if – if DeAndre Hopkins isn't open and DeAndre Hopkins isn't able to be a difference maker, then, you know, what does, what does Houston do from there? Because if I'm not mistaken, I think Will Fuller is out for the Texans. So, you know, that's a guy that they need in the lineup. And I don't think maybe, – maybe I'm wrong, but I don't remember seeing him yesterday. So, if he's not there, then – and Hopkins is getting all the attention and he's not able to make plays, then – you know where where does Houston go next? You know is is the question. And that's well, they why go to Kenny Stills. To they go to Kenny Stills. I mean, in reality, two touchdowns right. on Sunday. Carlos Hyde running the football. I don't know. You know, I don't know if that's going to be. It might be enough to get to get past Tampa Bay, but going into the playoffs, Cuervo, this is horrible. Yeah, and I mean, and that's that's where the depth of teams really factor in because you know. That's if you notice, Sonny, teams that have superstar we've had oh God, we've had this discussion so many times. Teams that have superstar wide receivers don't win Super Bowls anymore. You know? The yeah. days of Jerry Rice and Michael Irvin and, and the you know, the, the the teams that had those guys, um those those teams don't win championships anymore. It's all about depth. That's why New England's been winning the Super Bowl. Uh that's why you see, you know, in Denver won the Super Bowl 
none of their receivers really stood out. Demarius Thomas and and uh, Wes Welker, those guys were pretty even production wise. There wasn't a dominant. There wasn't a dominant number one on that football team, and you know that's the problem that Houston has is they don't have enough enough depth at wide receiver. Their tight ends are below average. So, uh, and then the running game. I mean, Lamar Miller's been out all season, so it's 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 Hopkins or you just hope that somebody has a good game. And yes, Kenny Stills had a good game yesterday. How often does that happen, though, Sonny? You know, I mean, good point. How often are you going to get that from him? It, it, it's hit or miss with guys like Kenny Stills. I mean, I mean, yeah, Kenyon Drake yesterday for the Arizona Cardinals had four rushing touchdowns. How many rushing touchdowns did he have on the season before yesterday? Yeah. I think it was about four or five. Two, so, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He, had, he had his season uh, season season's worth of production in one day, but I, I I put a paycheck on it. It doesn't happen again. So that's you know that's that's the you know I, I wouldn't get too caught up in what Kenny, what Kenny Stills did yesterday because I I promise you it's not going to happen again next week. So that's that's the downfall I see with the Texans, not just in this game, but going into the postseason. That's why you've seen them struggle every year in, in the in the playoffs because you shut down the one guy that they have and you know that they they have nowhere to go from there. Absolutely. And just to let you know this literally, you know, the the simple fact of the matter is every once in a while I'm actually up on top of it. This literally just came across the screen. So this is not like an hour or two later. Here it is. This just came out. Questionable for Saturday is linebacker uh, Bernardrick McKinney. McKinney left the game with a concussion. Uh, his Saturday uh, status um, is in question for him. So I don't see anybody else, you know, key wide receivers uh, officially reporting any problems. So Fuller was questionable, but he did play on Sunday. So, you know, right now, as of right now, Houston is looking good as far as the injuries are concerned. So, you know, there, there's another thing. But I agree with you about the superstar wide receivers and those football teams not winning football games. That's that's usually what happens, uh, or winning Super Bowls. Um, uh, but I just I, – I don't know. I just don't know how much I think about Houston going into the playoffs. Of course, we'll talk about them if they, if they make the playoffs. Um, but I got them beating Tampa Bay. Um, on Saturday. That's the first game that's up on board on Saturday. Now, again, Tennessee, their situation is not good for them in reality because they have the New Orleans Saints. So, New Orleans, um, you know, playing tonight, uh, it just depends on what ends up happening there. And then the last week of the season, when you look at it, the Houston Texans have Tennessee in the last week. So, that could be for the division for the uh, for the division in uh, week seventeen. So really interesting stuff. So who are you going to pick there, Cuervo? Are you going to go ahead and grab up the Houston Texans, or do you think they um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can come by and uh, get the victory um, over the Houston Texans? No, Sonny, I'm I'm uh, going to roll with you on this. One. I'm going to grab up Houston. Um, 
you know, I just think that um, at the end of the day, I think that, um, you know, Hopkins Hopkins always finds a way to get open. I mean, to me, I yeah, think he does. He, it, it, it's a, really, it's, it's neck and neck between him and Michael Thomas as the best receiver in the game right now. I mean, those guys are phenomenal. Yep. I mean, I still remember the And they have all my respect. Let me tell you right now, both of those guys do. Yep. Um, so, I, I remember the first game of the year, um, that Monday night game with the Texans and the Saints, and those guys put on a show, man. I'm, I mean, it, it was so much fun to watch. And um, so, I, I got all the respect in the world for those two. But, yeah, I like Houston. Uh, you know, Watson and, 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 and those guys, they'll find a way to create opportunities for, for Hopkins. And, and even if that doesn't happen – you know, I, I like the way Carlos Hyde's been running the football for them. He does just enough yep. to open things up for Watson to get the ball down the field. So, um, and last but not least, I mean, look, Jameis Winston. You know, he's he's he continues to turn the ball over so much. I know he had a good game, last, you know, yesterday, but he he's turned the ball over more than you know, the next quarterback, and, and it's not even close. And that's not a stat yeah. you want to lead in. So, um, you know, when, when that, and that's why Tampa needs to really think hard about whether they're going to keep him or not, just because, the, the you know, the production's just not where it should be, especially for a former number one overall pick. Well, think about this, Cuervo. I mean, we were having this discussion at the end of last year. Uh, what are they going to do with Jameis Winston? Oh, my God, they're going to keep him? Um, so, now, now this was against the Lions. We're in 58 yards passing, four touchdowns, only one interception, which he had three before that, so um, against the Colts. Um, he didn't throw any against the Jaguars uh, on December 1st, but the quarterback rating is the huge number right there, Cuervo, for Jameis Winston in that game, 124.9. I mean, geez, you're not talking about those numbers. You're normally talking around, you know, in the 80s for a quarterback rating for Jameis Winston. He had a 107 against the Colts last week. So, um, you know, interestingly enough, uh, quarterback rating for the last two weeks has been over 100 for Jameis Winston. So you got to give him the mad skills as he's averaging in his quarterback rating at 113, um, you know, so for the last two weeks. So. Yeah, I don't know, but again, he can turn around and throw that 80 in a heartbeat and uh, be right back to the guy that we're used to seeing. So it should be really interesting. Now, since we're on the roll, the next game that is on Saturday. And boy, oh boy, thank you, Amanda. And thank you for at least – thinking about this game, how well that they played last year to the year before that as well. You know, listen, you know, this is the first time the Buffalo Bills had a 10-game winning winning season in forever. I forget the stat, uh, but it's been forever. So congratulations to the Buffalo Bills. But they run into a New England team at home in Gillette. An interesting situation is here, Cuervo, is is that if they get the victory against New, New England, and they go on and win in week number 17. Buffalo has uh, – Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo. In week 17, the Buffalo Bills have the Jets at home. So if they beat New England 
and they win and beat the Jets, they'll win the division based upon some of the tiebreakers and how it ends up happening there, Cuervo. So it's the first time we're talking about that in like forever. Um, now, you know, it, it's got it. It's hard to beat the New England Patriots at Gillette, Cuervo. Now, Baltimore did it. Okay, but you know, let's let's be honest. Buffalo is not Baltimore, but the quarterback position they could actually kind of turn their quarterback position into, you know, you, you know, a, a Jackson from Baltimore because he's got the capabilities of doing that. Do you change a game plan, seeing that that was successful against the New England Patriots, or you just continue rolling with what you're doing and trying to get a victory against a good football team at home in the New England Patriots? Now, you know, Sonny, I would normally tell you just continue to stick with what you're doing, but we're talking about the New England Patriots here. We're talking about absolutely the the team that is more of a chameleon than any team in the NFL so the only way to beat them is to play their play their game and you beat them at their own game and I think that's what Buffalo needs to do is create uh, uh, you know a whole different scheme to you know uh, exploit the weaknesses of the New England Patriots and you know look there's not many of them but there's no there's no such thing as a perfect team you know there's no the, the, the New Orleans are not the, the Patriots are not perfect. So, nope. You know Buffalo, Sean McDermott, Josh Allen, those guys need to collaborate, figure out what the weaknesses are in that defense, and exploit them. That 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 really and it sounds easier. It's easier said than done. But you think about it. You got five days to figure it out. You got five days to to think about the plan that you want to come up with to try and deep run because. But this isn't just another game, uh, and I think that's how they need to they need to realize this is an opportunity, like you just said, to actually have an upper hand in the division, and that doesn't happen very often. Teams in the AFC not in the AFC East very very rarely do they have a chance to take that away from the almighty New England Patriots, and. Now you have the opportunity to do it. Let me tell you something, Sonny. I don't care what it takes. I don't care if you have to go into a closet and come up with your game plan so that way they don't video record what you're doing. You're going to do it. <laughs> and you, you've got it. You have to make sure you get it done. All right? Yeah, I took yep. that shot at them. Whatever. Yeah. Why not? Good mm-hmm. shot. That was a good day. It was a two below, low below. Uh, low below. Good job. <laughs> Uh, e- email Sonny if you have an issue with it. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it <laughs> off the air. Uh, I'll deal with it. But I mean, honestly, like, like you have to completely change everything and and, and come up with a whole new scheme. Not just we're gonna do it the Buffalo Bills way. Okay, good luck with that. Let me know after the yeah. game when it's forty to seven. All right, absolutely. And the Patriots mop the floor with you because. You wanted to be stubborn and say we're going to do it the Buffalo way. That's 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 the trap that teams fall into every single Sunday against the Patriots. But if you come up with a whole new scheme, hey, you never know what can happen. The question is, Cuervo, is is this team capable of doing having you know on the fly? Setting up a new offense, going up against setting again. They better come up with something. 
Now, maybe not a whole new offense, but they better come up with something because you're right. There, there's no better film study, you know, cheat or study than, than the, the New England Patriots. Nobody better in the NFL. And not only that, there's nobody better at home. I mean, you, it, it's hard to beat the New England Patriots in Gillette. Baltimore is the only one that I can think of that has done it in the past two or three years. So, and I could be wrong about that, but just off the top of my head because they did it this year. That's the only time it's happened this year. This team doesn't lose at home. And, you know, they had the warm-up game against the the Cincinnati Bengals, okay? So they got their their live scrimmage. Um, But here's something interesting about that as well. New England can turn on a dime. They can turn their offense in a heartbeat. Why? Because they got the GOAT. That whole offense can change because you've got the GOAT and the capability of them changing to throw something completely nothing that Buffalo has seen all year. They got how many years of uh, – they got, they got what, uh, you know, what, 12, 13 years of offensive plays that they can go back that they have not – that Buffalo has not seen this year. So the, the, play, the play calling is definitely on the advantage of the New England Patriots. And then you add in the GOAT. Then you add in the fact that they get it done without personnel, Cuervo. Okay? Say whatever you want about the New England Patriots. They have Gronk, you know, great. But, you know, really, you don't talk about three or four superstars on that football team outside of Tom Brady. Okay? You just don't. It's Tom Brady and a bunch of no-namers, and then if you got Gronk, you're wonderful. And, and that's all they have done over the years and years and years. And they are capable of pulling, pulling out a playbook that Buffalo has not seen ever. You know, going up against them. So that that alone, if if New England just throws them a complete curveball and throws absolutely nothing they've seen on them all season long, I, I hate to say it, this could get incredibly ugly. I mean, this could get really bad. And not only that, Cuervo, think about the fact that this is a football team that has something to prove because everybody is calling them, ah, oh, their their dynasty's tainted and everything else. I don't give a rip. They could cheat all day long because every football team does it. They're just dumb, and they've got caught. Okay, so, yeah, I don't even want to hear it. I don't care. Let them cheat. They all cheat. Who cares? Some get caught. Some don't. But some get caught more than others, a la the Patriots. And, you know, they'll pay the fine, be done with it, and who cares? Life goes on. You still got to beat them. Okay, and not only that, if you think about it, Cuervo, they've been to the Super Bowl nine times, only won six. Okay, so three teams have figured out how to beat them. I think look, the Giants was the Giants beat them twice. Who was the other team that beat them? The Philadelphia Eagles, honey. There you go. I couldn't, I couldn't remember it. So there you go. So they they can you know someone someone can figure out how to be there. So I'm I'm tired of hearing all that crap, completely tired of hearing about it. So it is what it is. Um, but this this game right here, there's no doubt in my mind that the New England Patriots are going to win this football game. None at all, uh, unless Buffalo can 
throw something at them that they haven't seen before, which I don't think they're capable of doing, Cuervo. Just a young quarterback, no experience enough to change on a whim like that. And and if they do, I don't think they could be successful. New England, I didn't think about this game. I, I I wrote down who I had for these three games immediately except this one, but the more I thought about it and more the fact that if New England gets in any trouble, they'll pull out a bag of tricks that no one can be able to stop, and that's something, and that's the reason why they have the advantage in almost every game they play because of the longevity of this football team and how many years they've been together with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, that's a very good point, Sonny. Yeah, something else I was thinking about as I was listening to what you were saying. Uh, obviously, I'm not in front of a computer right now because I'm at work. Um, sure. Do you mind? I don't. I don't know if you're in front of your computer. I'm curious to know the scores of the two games that the Patriots have lost this season. Sure, if, I, I can get that in have... two seconds. So go ahead, continue with your quick thought, and I'll get that in front of me right real quick. Well, well, I'm curious to know what the scores are because I'm wondering if the theory in my head or the hypothesis, actually, I learned that there's a difference between the two, uh, is, is true or if I'm just kind of just assuming things. Okay, here we so go. I'm curious. The Baltimore Ravens beat them 37-20. to 20. Um, okay. And that was in week number nine. The Houston Texans okay. beat them by six, 28-22. to 22. And then okay. the Kansas City Chiefs beat them 23-16. to 16. Those are the three losses for the New England Patriots. Oh, that's right. They lost the third game. I forgot about that. Yeah. All right. So, well, with the exception of the Kansas City loss, it seems to me that the only way, the only way you're going to beat this team, this New England Patriots team, is if you have an offense good enough to – score, uh, uh, you know, go toe-to-toe with them in a high-scoring game. You're not going to beat mm-hmm. them 14. You're not going to beat them 14-10. You're not going to beat them 13-9. New England will win those yep. low-scoring games every single time. But you have to have a powerful enough offense like Kansas City, like Houston, like Baltimore. If you notice, all three of those teams, what do they all have in common? They have explosive offenses that can beat you in multiple ways. I don't know yes. if Buffalo has that. And, and, and you have to put points on the board, a lot of points. Now, I know 23 is not a lot, but we're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs here. So, um, yes, <laughs> things, just, things, you know, I mean, think, look, things just kind of went their way when it came to the defensive side of it, um, which is why, if you know, Kansas City was able to sneak out a, a kind of a low-scoring game. But Baltimore and Houston – 28 and 39 points, um, you know, for his, as historic as the Patriots defense was, um, mm-hmm. that's, that's how you beat them. You have to have a, a good enough offense to, to light that scoreboard up. I just don't know, mm-hmm. like you said before, I don't know if Buffalo has that offense. So, with all that being said, Sonny, I'm going to pick the Patriots to win this game is basically what I'm getting at. But, I think I I think I figured out how you can beat the Patriots. You just have to have uh-huh. an offense that is explosive and a defense that's eh, they're good enough to maintain. I mean, because the Patriot offense is not what it what it has been. I'm not saying the dynasty is dead and all that other nonsense, but what I am saying 
is that the offense, you know, is not what it has been in the past. I mean, receivers are dropping passes, you know. Um, yep. So, so you know, the offense is not as productive as we're used to. I mean, Tom Brady uh, is, you know, normally this time of the year, he's somewhere in the 30s with touchdown yep. passes. I think he's at like 22 right now, 21. So his production very has many. dropped drastically. So, you know, with that – with that being said, you know, New England, they're just not lighting up the scoreboard offensively like they normally do. What's been helping them is defense. That's what's been, you know, uh, uh, been the story for the Patriots this year is how well their defense is playing. Yep. Well, and think about this, Cuervo, though. The three losses, think about this. These are quarterbacks with uh, three years or, or less at the quarterback position. Okay, Deshaun Watson, three years. The Texans beat him. Yep. Kansas City, Patrick yep. Mahomes, it's two and a half years. And then, of course, yeah, Lamar Jackson in his year and a half. And Josh Allen, how long has he been in the in the uh, NFL? Two years. Those are the only ones that beat him. So just, well, you know, kind of think about it. But, uh, yeah, uh, I know. It's probably – it's a I'll stretch. I'm just I'll trying leave. to give him something to no, live on. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'll leave you with this last thought, though, because I do have to. I have to get off for a minute, and hopefully, I can call back in before you end the show. Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes—the three things that those guys have in common. And look, I don't. I don't want to. I hate to bring it up because I don't like it as just as much as you don't. They're all dual threat quarterbacks. All three yep. of them are dual threat quarterbacks, and yep. it seems like the Patriots have problems with those guys. So. Um, you know, at least for this year, that's that's been the Achilles heel of the New England Patriots is dealing with dual threat quarterbacks like these these young bloods. So, um, yep. And Josh Allen can be that way. He can be, but I don't think he I don't think he's got enough of it. So. It's not the prototype, that's for sure. Yep. But yep, Sonny, I, I got to jump off for a minute. I don't know how much long how much longer you plan on staying on air, but I will at least try to call back in. You bet. And, and depending on, and you're on New England, right? Absolutely. Okay, and then yep. he'll type me if he, if we go off air, he'll type me who he has. We also reserve the right to change this pick, and we'll put it up on our post if we change our picks. But this is just the time. So if we're on air, great. If not, how long do you think you'll be just a guess? Uh, before I can call back in. Yeah. I'd say probably about twenty minutes. 15 minutes. Okay, we'll see what we can do. Sonny knows how to Sonny knows how to drag. I mean, you know, you feel <laughs> talk sports. All right, my man, I'll talk right, to you. Right. Hopefully we'll be on there. We'll, we'll try to do it. Yep. So, interestingly right, enough, we, we're talking about that. So, there, there's Cuervo. Um, he, uh, he might just hang on and listen since he's got it in his ears. So, I'll just go ahead and mute him just in case. And if he wants to hang on, he can. But, again, young guys. Young guys, right now, the New England Patriots seem to have problems. Now, that doesn't mean that they can't beat them, guys, okay? Doesn't mean that they can't beat them. You know, they've already beat Josh Allen as well. So how much of that film is going to be used? Okay? They beat him 16 to 10, though. That's something to keep in mind. I mean, so they didn't blow out the Buffalo Bills at Buffalo. But, again, it's in Gillette. And, again, 
this is a football team. I mean, if they want to shock the hell out of them, they can go back to 2011 with a play with a play uh, uh, playbook. So you know, it just all depends. You know how much they are. But listen, New England, knowing that they can lose this game and not win the division, how much importance that is to them. You know, it just depends. I don't think New England worries about that. I mean, they got 11 wins out on the season. They're going to have 12. They end up with the Jets. Or, no, they end up with Miami uh, in week 17. Let me just look and make sure I'm correct. Um, New England has Miami. So they're going to beat Miami. Um, and that game's also at home, too, by the way. So the last two games were the New England Patriots at home. Uh, so th- th- at worst, they're going to end up 12, they're going to end up 12 uh, with 12 wins out on the season. That's worse. So 12 and four, that would be the worst thing that New England could be. And that right now, Baltimore's 12 and two. And Baltimore, their situation, they have Cleveland. Cleveland got, I mean, they got ransacked in Arizona. And I didn't put the fact that the head coach of that football team also coached them. I would not have picked. I just, if I would have known that fact on the top of my head, I would not have picked Cleveland to win that game. I mean, you, you know, I, for second year guy, guy used to coach him, give me the coach. Um, but that having that having been said, Baltimore twelve and two, um, and and they can they can end up playing really well. Baltimore, just by the way, Baltimore. They're like against Cleveland, their last game, week 17, Baltimore, Baltimore, who they got? Oh, they're home against Pittsburgh. That'll be a tough one. Division game. So, that whole deal, one coming out of the South, maybe. Depends. I mean, Tennessee, if Tennessee wins the last two, they'll end up 10 and 6. But Tennessee. They, their their situation is a little bit different as well. As we already know, Houston has Tampa Bay. So it ends with Tennessee and Houston. So week 16 is a very important week for both Tennessee and Houston. Again, Houston has Tampa Bay. Tennessee has New Orleans. If Tennessee beats New Orleans – I'm I'm going to pick Tennessee to beat beat the Houston Texans in Week 17. I'm just telling you that right now, because you don't go out and, and I don't care if the, the the Saints have nothing to lose and everything. I don't care. That's something that you build on. And and listen, Rabel won't let him be anything but hopped up and being excited about beating that team, regardless of what the situation is there. You beat New Orleans at New Orleans. You've done something, and I don't care who's at the quarterback position. Probably be Teddy Bridgewater or Hill, either one of them. By the way, what a great way to, you know, if you're the Saints, you've got two great backup quarterbacks for your football team. By the way, that also being said, Teddy Bridgewater, will he be a Saint next year? Did he do enough at the beginning of the year for a team to make an offer or prompt to get Teddy Bridgewater? I'm telling you right now, I told you two years ago. Oh, not the, uh, yeah, two years. Well, I said the Colts should go after Teddy Bridgewater when that whole thing went down with Andrew Luck, 
and the time before that, before they signed Folk, I said the Jaguars need to go after Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater can start somewhere, guys. On a halfway decent football team, I think he proved it enough. I mean, granted, he didn't, go, you know, anything to write home to mama about, but the guy only lost one game as a starter, and I think it was four or five games or five or six games. Say whatever you want, the guy's a badass. I'm telling you, I love me some Teddy Bridgewater. Guy was on his way of being a great quarterback before that horrendous injury that he had, non-football, walking from one field to another. Oh, my God. Almost took away his career. And he was taking the Minnesota Vikings to places. Then they end up with Kirk Cousins, poor thing. They gave up on Teddy Bridgewater for Kirk Cousins. Congratulations. Um, it is that way. But All right, so let's do it. Let's check it. AFC East, New England Patriots, 11-3. and three. Buffalo Bills, 10-4. and four. Both of them have clinched playoff spots. Jets and Miami are out of it. In the north, Baltimore has clinched the playoff spot. Pittsburgh is still on it. They have a shot. Cleveland and Cincinnati, gone. In the South, Houston leads that by one game. They can ill afford to take a loss against Tampa Bay if Tennessee somehow finishes out at the Saints. And by the way, that Tennessee game I thought was in uh, New Orleans. It's actually in Tennessee. And then uh, Indianapolis Jaguars, they're out of it. In the West, Kansas City wins the division, wrapped up the playoff spot. Oakland, Denver, Los Angeles, Chargers, all out of it. And now that was a division of football I thought maybe could make a play for it, but maybe more than one, maybe more than two teams out there. I mean, because I I really – listen, guys, I'm telling you right now, and I know Todd is going to love this statement. Look up for the Denver Broncos next year. They damn near proved Sonny right this year. I mean, I think if they put it together and that, with that with that quarterback, if they figure out how to get Locke to be the guy, that could be a total different Denver Bronco football team and another young quarterback coming in and making waves within the NFL. Should be very interesting. I may be wrong about that. I like this. I like Denver. I I took a stretch on them. I thought. I mean, I I think they got the right coach too. They need. I don't know. I'm not sure who the offensive coordinator is. Not even going to venture a guess. But they need somebody. But that young cat there, they need somebody to make sure that they bring him on there. So that having been said, going to the NFC, Dallas and Philadelphia are playing for the division. On Sunday, that game is an afternoon game. Um, we were talking about flexing it, but someone in the uh, TNT uh, group I'm part of made a very valid point. Fox is probably going to fight like hell to keep that game. They probably don't want to give it up, but I don't know how much they have to say about that. I don't know how much they have to say about it. That's, this is the NFL. The NFL has a way of doing whatever they want, but that's a big game for for Fox. So, interestingly enough, that should be a really – by the way, that game, as far as the Dallas Cowboys, 
and the Philadelphia Eagles is in Philadelphia. Dallas Cowboys beat Philadelphia in Dallas earlier in the year. New York and Washington all out of it between the two teams can only monster up six victories. Really? Six and 22? Really? Washington could be an interesting, interesting football team next year. They need a coach maybe. I don't know. Forget the guy's name. He used to be he used to, Callahan. I think, yes, Callahan. I think, I don't know. Is he the guy in Washington? Really, guys? Is he the guy? Let me know. I, I mean, I don't know. Interestingly enough. Uh, now, in the north, Green Bay has went ahead. They sealed up that division of football. 11-3. and three. They can lose the last two games and it won't matter because they got the uh, tiebreaker over Minnesota. So Minnesota does not have a playoff team wrapped, a playoff game wrapped up. And I'll tell you about that reason why in a moment. But they're right there battling for a wild card. Chicago 7 and 7, Detroit 3 and 10 and 1. Chicago out of it. Two more games, most they could get is 9. They're done. In the South, New Orleans. 10 and 3, wrapped up that division of football. Tampa Bay, 7 and 7. Could you imagine if that football team could figure it, could have figured that out a little bit earlier? They had a rough first part of the season. They've been playing better at the end of the year. Is it good enough? Is it going to be a good? We'll find that out. Atlanta and Carolina, you know, five games under the W stripe on them, really. 10 and 18 between those two football teams, disgusting, sad. In the West, interestingly enough, Seattle and San Francisco clinched a playoff spot in Seattle. Their situation, they have Arizona at home, and then they have San Francisco at the uh, Monday night football game in week 17. Great, because it could probably end up both of them uh, being playing for that division of football, and you know, quite possibly a first round, you know, first round bye. I mean, you got three teams in this division that are eleven and three right now. That's Seattle, San Francisco, Green Bay. Now, I'm tired of hearing about it, so I'm just going to put it out there: the Dallas Cowboys or the Philadelphia Eagles deserve the home game. Yeah, I said it. And why is that? It's really simple. I can give a rat's fat ass whether San Francisco finishes up the season and ends up 13-3. And the Dallas Cowboys with, let's say, 9-7. and seven, Let's say they went out. I could give a rat's fat hairy ass that one of those teams, either Seattle or San Francisco, got to be on the road because it's all about divisions in football. Now, you can sit there and go through rescheduling and everything, but it takes away the importance of the division. They have got to get that at least wild card home game. I'm sorry. I realize who the better football team is. I, I, I know who the Dallas Cowboys are, Janae. I do. But I'm telling you right now, you take away that and just receive it, it sucks. It takes away from the advantage of maybe 
having an upset. I'm not saying the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles are going to win in the first round of the playoffs. They might be won and, you know, get in and be done. They might lose that first game, even at home. But, man, if they pull it off, you could be talking about Green Bay, Minnesota, New Orleans. I mean, well, Minnesota or um, – uh, Minnesota or Seattle and San Francisco. That's what's going to end up there. So, you know, hey. And, and the Dallas Cowboys could get that victory. That That's an upset. That's only good for the NFL, guys. It's not good to just because someone's better to put it up there. This is the reason why it's there. It creates more, it creates more you know, things to talk about. So if you're a fan of rescheduling out of it and just get whoever has the best the best records, you're nuts as far as putting it together because really you think about the Dallas Cowboys in reality on the road against any of them are not going to have a snowball chance in hell. It takes away the fact that you can have an underdog, even though they're at home, you know, create some craziness in the playoffs, and you can either have Seattle, San Francisco, or Minnesota out of the playoffs if the Dallas Cowboys can win, or the Philadelphia Eagles, whatever the case may be. You want to take away that kind of excitement or that kind of you know thinking or even talking about it on our show? Come on, let's get serious. That's that's too much that you get. You cannot back out of it. I, I and I know. And listen, I get it. I understand why, but it takes away from the excitement of the NFL. The NFL needs all the excitement that they can get. Could you imagine Philadelphia or the Cowboys pulling off the upset? That would be great for the playoffs. Yes, I said it. So if you want to take away the upset, you want to take away a chance of the Dallas Cowboys or the Philadelphia Eagles pulling off an upset against teams that were obviously better than them, go ahead. Reschedule it out, and then you will get crap games in the first round. We already got the potential of all crap games anyway if the Dallas Cowboys were 11-5 and five or 10-6. and six. The potential is there. So don't give me that crap. I don't care about it. Makes no sense to me. So that's where we are. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a quick break because um, I need to get something to drink. My, I am I am so dry. So we'll take a quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We'll come back. We'll talk about that last game and then some more news. We'll be Let right Buffalo back. Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. 
This is Sunny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Perfection Body Sculpting located in Rowlett. Did you know that Perfection Body Sculpting doesn't just offer laser lipo and radio frequency for body contouring? We also offer cellulite reduction and skin tightening, as well as thermal lift and cosmetic and collagen facial creams, as well as top-of-the-line facial masks to help reduce fine wrinkles. There are also gift certificates as well as gift baskets with awesome products in it. Call today for your appointment and get three 24 gold facial masks with the purchase of a $69 consultation that includes a 30-minute laser lipo session. So contact 214-735-8519 or visit them on the web at www.perfectionbodysculpt.com. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors. Proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we truly believe experience is the best teacher. With over 50 combined years of knowledge and experience in sports performance and athletic training, our coaches understand exactly what it takes to achieve your goals and excel at the next level. Contact Melvin Bullen at 214-326-7853 or visit their brand new facility just outside of Waterview at 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett. All right, we are back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Guys, I am going to get off the air fairly quickly. I'm going to go ahead at least, and again, we reserve the right to change these before. I'll put it out there publicly if we do have some changes in the games, okay? And this is mainly because, you know, injuries could happen in practice or some guys will be out or whatever the case may be. So that having been said, of course, you can catch that show on Sunday. We will be on air Sunday covering the rest of the games that are on the schedule. So we'll do that. Now, let me just do this, and then we'll talk about the last game that is up on the uh, link here uh, that we were going to talk because the game is on Saturday. So let's do that. Last game up on the board for Saturday, the Rams go on the road to take on San Francisco. Man, did the Rams suck it up or what? God, I cannot believe it. I, I I was talking about it in the show on Sunday, man. This is the kind of game the Dallas Cowboys are going to end up winning. Sure stuff, that's exactly what happened. And the Rams should have beat them because, the, listen, the Cowboys are no good. It just makes next week's game against the Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles just that much better um, because they both won. But the way San Francisco lost that at the end of the game, oh, my God. Let me just pull this out because I, I was I, – I had put a check mark against everybody's name who had San Francisco and, and Atlanta. Atlanta won that game by two inches. The way they let that game go at the end, it reminds me of the Atlanta Falcons. And I'm going to tell you right now, if the 49ers are going to be a, a contender in this football 
conference of football in the NFC, they can't let that happen again. Just can't. Because whoever they play in the playoffs, whatever the case may be, that that would be the death of them in the playoffs. So they, if they get that lead, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to keep it there. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo has been playing out of his mind without question. So that being said, when you think about all the things that are going down in this game, San Francisco is definitely the better football team. And I am on the San Francisco 49ers because the Rams are not consistent. Last, the game against the Dallas Cowboys proves what they are. Jekyll and Hyde. No run game. I don't – listen, you want to fall in love with Todd Gurley, you can go ahead and do so. But that guy sucks. All right? And I said it, and I don't care if anybody disagrees with me, that guy sucks. And the reason why he sucks is because he's got the money. And, and the Rams ought to be – the Rams should be kicking themselves in the freaking head about that. Had no business – Signing that guy and then knowing that his injuries were where they were. I mean, you want to talk about a GM that needs to be fired. I'm not, I don't have anything against the quarterback signing, but Todd Gurley, that GM needs to be gone because you want to talk about a guy that has done guaranteed money. And not only that, if he does stay more than two years up on that, he's going to get more. Pathetic. Pathetic, and the Rams deserve what they get. Not only that, they don't have a first-round draft pick until 2021. That's not good for them either. You get what you get, but they got a good football team. They need to figure out how to play, and they need a guy that's dedicated at the running back position. They don't have it. Now, if they put it together and make a run, that's where it ends up happening, but I'm telling you right now, it's not anything, you know, I don't see it happening. In order for him to get there, let me bring this up here. In order for the Rams to get there, the uh, Minnesota has got to lose the last two games. That's it. And then they still have the, then, then uh, the Rams have a shot at it. Man, if they would have won that football game, that would have made that really good running into week uh, 15 uh, or 16 and 17. Would have been really good. So I'm on San Francisco, but they better not do what they did in the fourth quarter or they'd be in the situation where they are. So, and guys, I would normally just stay on, but I unfortunately got the call. Um, for my wife to go uh, take a little bit for to do some things. So, um, and I got to do that tonight, not tomorrow. So I can't stay on there. But I am on Houston, New England, and San Francisco. Cuervo is on Houston, New England. My guess is that he, they'd be on San Francisco. We'll make that public when it's done. Guys, thanks for joining us on the Couch Potato Sports Show. That's going to do it for us uh, as we jumped on for a little bit. And uh, we will be on air on Sunday, so don't forget about that. We're not going anywhere. We're going to be all set and ready to rock and roll. So that's going to do it for me here, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man of sports radio. I'm out of here, everybody. Have a good evening. We'll talk to you later on this week. You'll see me on just because I want to. 
either on Wednesday or Thursday. I'm not here. Everybody, take care. Bye-bye.